You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show, episode number 100, Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. How you doing, Christina Dennis? I'm doing great, Damon Frank. This is amazing, 100 episodes. A hundred episodes, guys. Welcome to the show. If you're listening, uh, everybody who's listening live right now and everybody who's listening through a replay on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We are at episode 100. It really kind of seems hard to believe, Christina. I bet. I bet you you have done an amazing thing here, Damon, and I'm so grateful that you're allowing me to be part of it. It is it is very cool. Well, thank you for being part of it. It has been amazing. I was looking back on this and I was thinking, wow, you know, we have to incorporate this into the show today because a hundred, you know, it's kind of like almost like recovery uh, sobriety anniversaries, how people don't celebrate them and they just kind of get washed in our, and I think you have to kind of celebrate the good things that happen in life. Uh, So, you know, other people, it's really also for other people to see that might be struggling that, Hey, consistency, continuity, it works. Right. Longevity. We've got it all. That's wonderful. Before we get into the show, though, I want to let everybody know it's this show is being brought to you by recovered life contributors like me and people like you. Please make sure to continue like, share, follow, leave a comment so that we can continue to bring subjects that you love to talk about and visit info.recoveredlife.us. You don't want to miss that. You can join the network, which is completely free and leave a donation that allows us to keep helping others. That's info.recoveredlife.us. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Uh, you know, it, it's been really great to also not only do the show, Christina, but to be part of the Recovered Life family online at recoveredlife.us. It's been so much fun because, you know, yesterday I checked in with a couple people that are on our Recovered Life discussions and, mm-hmm. you know, just took 10 minutes and just connected with people and was messaging them and answering messages. You know, I, I got to tell you, one of the amazing things has been about Recovered Life is I never dreamed that when I started this, that I would meet so many cool people. I, right? I, I, I never really imagined that. Right. It's one of the the silver linings of the pandemic, right? I mean, we both have double digit sobriety. And when that hit, you know, you had to adjust and you did it beautifully you know, your passion project has turned into exactly, I think, what you were thinking about doing, or maybe you didn't even have it. Did you have it in mind that it was going to grow? You know, not really. I mean, it's interesting. You know, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I do. I've started a lot of companies and, and worked, uh, you know, with a lot of people in their companies. And, you know, typically I have a pretty good plan about what I want to try to do and I want to try to achieve. Really, um, And I had a little loose plan, uh, but honestly, it kind of started out of a little bit of boredom, right? Christina. Like I'm not really a boredom kind of guy, but it's like, I, I felt like there wasn't these deep conversations that I wanted to have. I'd have these maybe at a, at a fellowship here and there or with some sure. friends, but it didn't, you know, I, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but it didn't no, go you deep are. enough really. It didn't go deep enough. And, you know, when you have time, um, one of the challenges is, is that you got to keep your recovery new and fresh. Yes. You can't slide into the same kind of dogma kind of stuff. And, you know, what? one of the things I love about 12-step groups is that you can, there's always new people coming in. Unfortunately, right. there's always people that are suffering from addiction, right? Right. So there's new people coming in. But one of the things that, that, that you can kind of get stuck there a lot of the times with the same conversations. And you then stop thinking about what they mean, right? You stop thinking about how it impacts you. It's just, oh, I'm just doing this to help a newcomer or I'm doing this because this is what I need to do to stay sober, right? Right. So the show kind of was about like, and and first it started as a a group, which still Mm -hmm. goes called Old School right now, every Thursday, men's group. And it was really just about how do we have these deeper conversations and stay engaged? Maybe conversations we're not having, you know, right. in the rooms. Right. I I certainly experienced that. And when I became part of the Recovered Life team, I was so, I mean, it really filled a need that maybe I didn't even know I had. 
you know, that I didn't know that I was craving these deeper conversations. And, and this is information that helps everyone. I think it's been beautiful to watch both newcomers and old timers come and really give of themselves, you know, to get there, to, to really yeah. be able to connect. How many, I mean, you've met people all over the world, right? You know, I have. And, you know, the first shows, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do is that there's a lot of podcasts out there, Christina, about right. recovery. And I love them. And I mm -hmm. listen to these podcasts. And I think that they're amazing. But one of the things about the podcast is they're always having new people on. Right. You know, um, and that's great. And I, and I love that. But it, some of them really don't go deep enough for me. True. It's kind of I felt it was the same thing. It's what, what I wanted to do was bring in outside influences. And having contributors like you come on and Stacey Danford, Brian O'Shea, George Snyder, I mean, right. the, the list goes on, right? We've had a lot of people under the recovery and more to come, which is great because we're doing even more interviews with people, is that to do something that was kind of like The View, where we could have discussions about it, it wasn't like I'm interviewing you and I'm uh -huh. asking you these five questions and then you're going to answer them in a certain way. And the show really hasn't been like that. It's really been about more of a free flowing thing, uh, information of ideas. Absolutely. So people can pick out what they want and what they don't want out of it. Right. And, and I think that that's great. You know, listening to experts talk about stuff, uh, whether they be financial experts or, uh, you know, we had people on regarding imposter syndrome. I still get notes right. on that trauma, all these different, you know, NLP, all these different things, spirituality, which was <laughs> It's a way, it's a, it's an ability for people to look at things different that they might not get in their day to day recovery practice. So true. You're, you're, you are wonderful about noticing that someone has something to say and bringing them into the conversation. I will, I will say I've learned a lot from recovered life shows and the people that I've been able to meet that I wouldn't have been able to meet. I wouldn't have had access. And I love that the show actually brings all of life into it. You know, the 12 step uh, process, the one that I became, you know, sober from, I'm so eternally grateful for it. But, you know, the singleness of purpose kind of excludes these kinds of topics, you know, and it, yes, and it, yes. is, it is for the newcomer. It is about putting down the drink or the drug. But we've said this many times on this show, there is such a need to be able to explore the rest of life. Well, I'll tell you the down, the downside, one of the downsides of the show, which I'm going to bring is that uh, I did not expect the blowback and i never really talk about this on the show christina but no, I, you, know, you don't I, th this is really about to, to to get real you know it uh because i've told you but there was some blowback when i first started the wow. show i had some people in my life that i had known for a long time that were in recovery that had multiple years like i did that said well you know what this is going to be super dangerous you shouldn't mm. have these discussions and not only that, like you shouldn't talk about anything that is in recovery because we, you know, some people in my life felt like, well, you just don't do that. You don't recover out loud. You don't tell people, even if it will help them. And I remember having these conversations back and forth uh, and, you know, a shout out to George Snyder, who helped walk me through this. And also a couple therapists that I had uh, had interviewed, you know, were talking to me about how like, hey, things have changed. It's yes. not 1920. It's not 1930 anymore. And, you know, if you feel compelled to do this and if it's helping people, why don't you ease into it and see? And, you know, and I'm going to be honest, I lost a couple of friends wow. over this because they were really upset that I would be having these conversations in a more of an open forum. Change is hard, isn't it? And even in 12-step groups, it can be very, very difficult. I think it's amazing um, that you continued on this road and you've you've grown this. It's kind of taken a life of its own. And it's obvious that people are craving it. They're craving having the deeper conversations. You know, I think that with the pandemic hitting us, we all got shook and have to figure out ways that we can stay connected and we can keep re-upping our recovery. Well, one of the things that the show has taught me, and I know you and I have talked about this because you've, 
I, you've shared with me that you've had a similar experience is that the one of the things that I got from the recovered life and just producing this and being part of this community is that I realized that there's not one way to recovery. Yes. That there's many different paths. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was one of those people when I came in, I thought, well, you know, I think there's maybe a couple ways, but I haven't seen a whole lot of ways. But talking with people over, uh, you know, over the 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 whole gamut of the shows and the different topics, you know, like Gabrielle Jello, who mm -hmm. we've had on several times, who we followed her getting sober, who had never gone to a twelve step meeting, right? And, right. And I think like when we feature that, one of the downsides for me personally has been is I've gotten a lot of flack from people, like I said, that said, well, you know, you're anti 12 step group. And I'm not like, no. knows, like I'm a huge fanboy. Yes. Of 12 step groups. Like I, I love 12 step groups. They saved my life. I think that they're amazing, but they're, but one of the things that the show told me that, that, that kind of uh, highlighted for me, and I'll tell you one of the big breakthroughs was Stacey Danford. Really? Who we had on the show. Yeah. Because she's amazing. Yeah. About, about addiction mm -hmm. and about trauma, which we're going to talk a little bit later on the show about that was huge about character defects that they might not be character defects that they might actually be trauma responses. And that was a huge breakthrough for me. Right. Right. I, I have had a sneaking suspicion and I think it's so good that we have an option for people where, you know, 12 steps is not giving them everything that they need and having these conversations look in, in, you know, when the 1930s, we didn't have the ability to look into the brain. And so as we continue to grow in our technology and our knowledge of science, we can and should adjust and start including it. I also had kind of a myopic view of, you know, if you don't get sober in here in this particular way, then your sobriety isn't the same. And I have learned that that is incorrect through the show, through the network. I've met many people that had their own spiritual awakening. And what I love about Recovered Life is that you're open to all of those ways. And I think that, you know, it's, um, you know, for me, thinking it was a character defect didn't work. So it was really, really nice to hear that other side of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, by having these discussions, like I remember back, it was a year ago, I had this conversation with Jamie Whitney. Mm -hmm. who's a, a, a marriage and family therapist, right? And all about her experience, who, you know, and she's in recovery, she has long-term recovery, her experience fighting depression. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I've had so many friends that have fought depression in recovery. And hearing her ideas from a therapist's point of view, who deals with people that are getting sober, right? It was so great because like having access to contributors with like bigger, I almost think that it's almost like Ted, like we, we like in a way, Christina, you and I were talking about the other day and it's like, we almost created like the Ted talks yes. for recovery because so many times you just hear one perspective. Like I can't remember when I actually heard a therapist talk about, Hey, this is what I practice through a rehab that didn't work. Right. right. Like she, she says it, it's like, these are the things that didn't work for me. These are the things that, these are the things that work. One of the things too, is the addition of you, Christina, which has been really great. Thank I remember you. the first episodes we had and we did a recovered life discussion around them all regarding codependency. And you made right. this blanket statement that you never met an alcoholic or a drug addict that was in recovery. That wasn't a codependent. Absolutely. And I stand by that today, as well as, you know, I believe that every alcoholic uh, would benefit from, you know, working uh, adult child of alcoholic and dysfunctional families program. And sometimes people don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that side. But for me, getting sober, getting physically sober was not enough. I needed to have information and I needed to go into recovery for codependency. And yes. I yet to this day have never met an alcoholic who doesn't have codependent relationships. And it's easy for them to think they don't, exactly. right? It's easy for exactly. them to think partner is the codependent, but it's both. 
Well, this is this is one of the things too. It's like I remember a past episode we had with Kimberly Parham, you know, who talks about you know health and recovery and anxiety and how she got over anxiety by applying you know fitness. Yes, just like you're talking about codependency, uh, you know, and uh, you know, I was I was just looking over my notes here because I was like going through the episodes really. I was like, wow, that's a lot of discussions, like. You know, one of the things that was really fun at the very, very beginning is I had, uh, you know, I had two people that really were the only people that I had access to. Right. Schneider and Kevin Klein. Pastor Klein was so great, you know, and, and he's really into metaphysics. And he would come on and we would talk about these really deep topics, right? Right. And go so down the rabbit hole. And at that time, no one was watching, right? Like, no one was watching it. <laughs> And I was like, and I remember my friend is like saying, it's like, well, like, are people watching it? I go, no, I don't. They're not now, but I know they will if I keep producing the episodes. Right, right. And isn't, I mean, isn't that a service to people? I mean, just the nutrition alone, you know, like I said, we know more now. We realize that serotonin, that your gut is your second brain and the, the, meetings that I attended would consider that an outside issue. So knowing that we can have access to this information, it really allows us to catapult our recovery and have better lives. I love the recovered life slogan, living your best recovered life, because I think that's exactly what the content is bringing to people. Yes, thank you. And I, I do believe it really is about that, right? It's about how do you live your best recovered life? Because let, let's be honest, Christina, you you and I work with people day to day and right. they're not happy, right? No. Like people, there's some sort of people are not happy. You know, being just being sober and even being sober and doing the deal. There's like the whole idea of being a dry drunk. And then there's this whole idea of, well, I'm sober and I'm doing the deal. Like right. I always talk about this is like, there's a lot of people stuck in the church basement. They're yes. just stuck, man. Yes. They, they, they really are. And they want to reinvent their lives, but they really don't know how. And one of the things that I saw just through the blessing of being able to do some coaching with right. people, with you, you know, and, um, just this whole coaching thing was been uh, the whole idea about helping people get a breakthrough right so that they can really live their best recovered life because i'm going to tell you the 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 deep dark secret i think that's in the recovery thing and you and i talk about it. i'd like your opinion on this Christine, okay i believe the deep dark secret is there's a lot of people that have long term time long term sobriety and they're doing the deal they're mm-hmm. being of service. They're they're going to the twelve step meetings. They're going to therapy. They're going, but at the end of the day, they're really not happy and living their best recovered life. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. You know, and and I try to to tell people there's another way. And having an open discussion allows us to share. You know, the the process in a twelve step group. Maybe that works for someone somewhere where you leave it at that. But for me and, you know, my clients and my friends, it has always been necessary for us to be able to go deeper and to have that real connection. And that's just part of the human experience. I mean, I think us as a, our world is starting to realize that connection, deeper connection is the purpose of life. And I can see, and I've never met a group of people that are more willing to learn and challenge their belief systems and people in recovery. Yeah. I mean, and this is that, you know, I looking back, I remember having this conversation in May last year with this mm-hmm. gentleman named Parker Boone mm-hmm. and about how he, you know, lost his dad, uh, couldn't stay sober, was like in and out and found cycling, right. Wow. And found that his passion was cycling and he's created this whole recovery movement around helping people get sober through cycling, right? Like, and it's not therapy. It's, it's, it's not even really peer support, right? It's, it's not 12 step. It's something else, but it's, it works for him and he's super passionate about it. Right. And he's found his path to be able to go and start to live his best recovered life. And you know, what's always great is I see him pop up. We have to have him back on the show because he's such a fun guy. Like he's so happy that he's able to cycle 
that he's sober, that he's helping people. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, that's really what it's about. Like people like Zach Mathers, who we, who, who we interviewed, who, who's a recovery coach who changed his whole life and moved to Hawaii, just changed, right. just totally changed his whole life in recovery. Right. Have this is really this, this amazing transformational stories. But what's interesting about these transformational stories is it's not the story that's interesting as much. It's really how you can apply them in your day-to-day recovery. So, so true. And, and, you know, uh, I know it's a bold statement to say that, that possibly people are not happy, but I think when we start talking about it, when we start sharing, wow, this just isn't enough. There's much more that I need and watching and having examples like recovered life contributors and people who've done it is, is such a necessary step. Uh, Recovering out loud has been, you know, that shift in my recovery has given me so much. Plus, I'm still out there being of service. Well, people, I think, are afraid to ask this question, am I living? And one of the first questions that we ask people when they come on to Recovered Life, onto the network and community, we ask them, hey, are you living your best recovered life? And if not, why? And I think, you know, one of the things that's been so interesting is to see the responses there's a lot of fear from people. They think like, okay, if I live my best recovered life, if I go, yeah, I've been sober for 10 years or so, but if I go there, if I really stretch myself and get the job that I want or the relationship that I want or the hobby that I want, or if I really take that trip or do something, then I'm asking too much because right. I'm lucky that I'm sober, right? We hear yes. this, lucky yes. that I'm sober and I don't want to press my luck. I don't really want to talk about codependency because I don't want to relapse. Right, right. right. Come on, let's be honest. That, that's it's what people totally say. true. It's totally true. And I think that, that that robs us of our joy. And it's painful to go through some of these things. But in order to have really great relationships and, and have the confidence and understanding of self-worth, we have to talk about these things. Yes, we were given grace that we got sober, but I don't believe that means that we're never supposed to want anything new. And if you are like me, um, you weren't told that it was okay to want something. You were told that you better work really hard and you better just be grateful for what you have. And that keeps people stunted and, you know, not having these deep relationships. So I think that when you bring on experts that love cycling, that love skateboarding, it it gives people permission and a roadmap to, I can actually have a life better than what I even dream of. Well, you know, absolutely. You know, that is the key. And and that is the key. And I know that that's the whole premise of your coaching and that's what Mm -hmm. you do. Right. And that that's why, you know, and I, and I would be uh, remiss not to mention one of the big changes that we've had on recovered life is just the increase of content that we've been producing and uh, you as a co-host, which has been amazing. Thank you. um, And it'd been such a blessed addition to the show because you give another perspective on things. You know, I, I sometimes, even though I'm a very optimistic person, sometimes I'll come across very pessimistic, right? Right. And you're, you always seem to be very optimistic. And, and <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a second. Like, I don't think we can cure alcoholism with this. Like, I'm always very, whatever yes. the topic is, sometimes I take the contrarian uh, standpoint, but that's a good thing. I, I, you know, one of the good things is to have your perspective and what you've been added to the show and all the other contributors that have come on and added their expertise. The one thing I wanted to mention though, too, in this little segment that I love and what we're going to do in the future, a little bit of glimpse, Christine and I want to talk about what we're going to do. Things that was a real blessing that we had on is we've had people on the show that are not suffering from addiction. Yes. And this has been great. And at first people were like, well, why are you having on, like I had on the scientist, I'm going to go, I want to go back to this. I had a uh, Lubin Doval on who is a PhD uh, pharmacologist, right. And talking about opioid addiction and, and people are like, well, yeah, but he's not, he's not an addiction. No, that's what made it great. Yes. He was able to dispel a lot of lists, a lot of myths that were with opioid addiction. Like one, he's like the reason why people question, you know, uh, treatment and are so nervous that are in recovery 
to get into scientific medical opioid treatment is because they treat opioid addiction with opioid addiction. Yes. Right. They give you opioids. <laughs> they treat opioids, you know, with opioids more opioids. Are uh -huh. the yeah. So it's like to get these like perspectives uh, from these experts, you know, especially the people who are working, you know, deep into the recovery, like Eric Paskin, uh, mm -hmm. who is the founder of Re Restore Health and Treatment Center, you know, his whole perspective on treatment and working in treatment if you're sober, right? It's these like little niche topics that I love because we're able to bring out really what people are thinking that right. are in recovery. Right. And they may not dare say because there's this um, this golden rule that we don't complain or ask questions about recovery. And they will simply say, you know, I know that we talk about trauma and we're going to talk about it in the second half. But having Stacey Danford's perspective about, wait a minute, maybe this isn't a character defect. Maybe it's a trauma yes. response helps us look outside of the, the fishbowl and see, oh my goodness. Also, the rest of the world is interested in transformation too. And I love that I will go into a business room, let's say on Clubhouse, and I'll hear things like, let's read this book about the surrender experiment. And it works for everyone. And I do believe with 30% of people in this United States having a substance abuse disorder, that alcoholism really affects everyone. You know somebody who has a problem with it, or you're married to somebody who has a problem with it, or your family dealt with it. I do think it touches most everyone's life in some way. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is the this is the paradox here with, with doing content about recovery. People in recovery all respond like when I have on Frederick Schrag, right? Mm -hmm. Who is this brilliant public speaker, super smart businessman. And you know, he talks about his transformation and finally getting it when mm -hmm. he was basically in a public detox that was sponsored by a church flipping through a bend, trying to find used underwear to wear because right. he'd lost everything again. Right. Like people respond to that, but you know, the reality is, is that addiction isn't a recovery. Isn't only for the people who have the alcohol, drug, codependency, food issue, right? No. Or sex addiction or anything like that. It's it's for the people around them, which I know as an interventionist is a huge part of what you do, right? Like it's really for the people around them. And I think there's so many people around people and so much bad information out there. Let, let's yes. be honest, Christina. Yes. Really bad information. And some of this you hear in 12-step communities. Yes. Like yes. we were talking about one the other day, this advice that was given from somebody that we know that has long-term sobriety. We're like, I, I can't believe somebody would even give that, <laughs> that advice is not really good. Right. 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 But it's very... quote, that person has authority or whatever. So it's this whole thing about how, what happens to the people around you. And this is the thing that people that recover from a substance abuse problem and have addiction problems don't always see. Right. You right. know, that's mm -hmm. why I've had authors on that have had husbands or partners uh, or wives that have been in recovery, right? That have gone through the process and they've write about their side of it. Yes. Because I think it's important for us to hear what other people are going through that are around us. Yes, yes. I mean, that's what being in relationship is all about. And as an interventionist, you, I mean, we know very clearly that it's a family system that needs to be treated, not just the alcoholic. And I think that the more that gets known, the more people will actually embrace the recovery process and get help. I mean, it helps. You are so right. And I mean, I think, you know, we wanted to kind of address here at the end of the segment, like what is to come? Like, what are we going to be doing with recovered with the Recovered Life Show as this continues on? as we go in through the rest of uh, 2022. And yes. I'd like to say, you know, more Damon and more Christina all yes. the time, which yes. is good. We're adding to the show, guys, Recovered Life Discussions. And these we've been having on a platform called Clubhouse. And we've had, you know, we have hours of these a week, a minimum of yes. four to five hours. Yes. That people, people don't even know that, like that listen to the show regularly, that we're also having discussions about these topics with a really vibrant, um, amazing community 
that we built on Clubhouse and we've and we have, are turning those into shows. So yes. the, we're going to be we're going to be giving even more content from people who are actually, you know, recovering from codependency, recovering from uh, alcohol and drug addiction. We've had intimacy and sex addiction experts all on these platforms. So more of that to come. I'm really, I, I really love the recovered life discussions because I think it brings this dimension, Christina, to the topics. It's not just two people that are sober talking about a topic. It's, so true. It's really, it's really that topic in action. Right. And you can watch it unfold uh, in real time. It's not a lecture. It's literally a discussion. And people have asked me, how do they how do they get the the discussions? You know, they have to miss a room. How do they get it? And I'm very excited that we're going to start adding it to the content on Recovered Life, because I think that it will help many, many people, not just the you know 100 people that are able to come. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and the thing is, is that another thing that we're doing that's going to be good, and this is with the, the addition of you as the co-host, Christina, is just more content in general and right. more guests. You know, one of the th one of the challenges that we had is as we used to do a show every week or two weeks or sometimes every three weeks when we first started, now we're doing, you know, hours and hours of content a week, which we all put on on Recovered Life. Uh, so you can get all of that content there. But one of the things that we really wanted to try to do was bring on more experts, more right. guests. So as these shows go and we do more and more lives and we're on, you know, our goal, guys, is that we could be able to be the CNN of recovery mm -hmm. and be on air, you know, five, six, seven days a week with some really great programming for you to help you live your best recovered life. So just a shout out. And I know you want to say thank you as well, Christina, but to, to everybody Thank you so much you. for supporting the show. You know, we get a lot of downloads now and people are with us and they're commenting. We so appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's sometimes you just feel we're putting out content and no one's watching, but we know people are watching. <laughs> they now, are. Which is really great. They are. It's a, it's a beautiful experience. And, and I am so grateful the people that do watch. And I'm so grateful to you for letting me be part of it. This has uh, changed my life. Well, thank you, Christina Dennis. More to come uh, with Recovered Life today and uh, more to come with the Recovered Life show. Thank you. Thank you both from Christina Dennis and myself. Uh, so we've got another episode coming up, but before another segment coming up, but right. before we do, I wanted to uh, just touch on something really quick here, Christina. Okay. Uh, you have got a really amazing, we were talking about codependency. You have this amazing three-day challenge that is 100% free on Recovered Life uh, called Can't Say No. And I wanted to let everybody know about that because it is just so great. We've had so many comments from people that this has been the primer to identify that they were maybe in a codependent relationship and why they weren't feeling great when they woke up in the morning, right? right. That right. Even though they were doing the deal, they were like, oh my gosh, I can't set boundaries well. This can't say no is a three-day course and you could take it. It's a three-day challenge for free. You get a great email every day from Christina Dennis. And there's this amazing little bonus gift in there that's worth the whole thing. I got to tell you, it just makes it even more worthwhile. And everybody can get that at info.recoveredlife.us. All you have to do is go to info.recoveredlife.us and you can get that 100% for free today. So, Christina, we're going to be back in about 15 seconds. All right. We've got a great new segment coming up on the Recovered Life Show. You're listening to the Recovered Life Show. Welcome back. Um, I am so happy to have you on the Recover Life Show, and we have a wonderful segment coming up to talk about trauma and addiction. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody to visit info.recoveredlife.us. You know, sign up for the membership. It's completely free. There is a donation button that you can leave us a donation that allows us to continue the show. But also that the show is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors and followers like you, viewers like you. So continue to like, share, follow, and leave us a comment. 
Are you ready for this next segment, Damon Frank? I am ready, Christina. Um, this is this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good. One. You know, we talked a little bit about trauma mm -hmm. uh, through in in the last segment, and we talk about it a lot now. It's it's a word that I never used. I would say in the first twenty five years of my recovery, really. But now this is yeah, not really. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Trauma wasn't a thing. No, trauma no. wasn't a thing in the nineties early 2000s, it's like people really didn't talk about it in 12-step groups. You didn't hear about it a lot in therapy, a little bit in therapy, but it really wasn't that level of conversation that we have now about it. Right, right. And I still think that there's way more that needs to be explored. You know, and before we get started, I want to explain what the, the definition of trauma is. And it's so interesting to me when I read this in the article that we are discussing. Trauma is anytime someone fears for their safety. Isn't that interesting? They're experiencing trauma. Because I think sometimes people think trauma is, you know, the big T stuff. And they might look at their life and not understand why, you know, the trauma word applies to them, or they think that it's really not a big deal. And so I loved when I saw that in the article and wanted to share it because what is trauma? Well, it's when anyone feels safe, unsafe in their life, they are experiencing what the word trauma means. It's well, I love that. I love that you mentioned that because I would not have thought of that. I want to be honest, like, because when you ask that question, the definition of trauma, mm -hmm. I was just thinking, well, it's a pattern, mm -hmm. it's something that you don't necessarily want. What's the link between the safety and the trauma? Well, the, because what it does is an emotional response that is evoked in fear so that it actually leaves an alarm in your body, which is what mm. PTSD is. It's, you know, unless we go in and heal the trauma, then we will be carrying it around with us. And some ideas of what a trauma is, in case people are wondering, a car accident, bullying, uh, violence, sexual assault, unstable home life. Uh, natural disaster, intense pain. These are the things that cause trauma, chronic disease, verbal abuse, and parental neglect. And I, I think that we think natural disaster or car accident, but we don't realize that parental neglect or verbal abuse actually creates a trauma response in our body and our nervous system. That's interesting because it makes me look at trauma differently. And I did read the article and just, uh, I'm going to put this up on screen. Anybody who's listening on the podcast, this is from Agape Treatment Center. Um, and it was put out in actually November 20th, 2019 mm -hmm. uh, by Agape Treatment. And it goes through defining what that trauma is. Um, and it lists those things, which I think was great. But one of the things that it does list in, in the article is the study that was done by Kaiser Permanente. Yes. And I'd love to talk about that real quick because this really kind of brought it home that there does, there's gotta be some sort of link at first, you know, I, I didn't understand it and you know that, okay, how, what is the link between, okay, I have trauma, but why statistically are people much more likely to become addicted to a substance Right. If they suffer from that trauma. Well, it's coping strategies, right? Um, first, if you don't recognize that you have a trauma, how are you going to deal with it? You know, how are you going to address it? How do you heal it if you don't recognize it? And I want to point out everyone on this planet has had a trauma in the last three years. If that's the definition of trauma, all of us have been afraid of our safety with COVID. And so this, this article is a little outdated. The Kaiser Permanente study is highlighted in a book that says the body keeps the score. Have you ever heard mm. of that book? I have, you know, and we need to do an episode just on, and there's experts I know that are out there that that's all they do is the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And this is the big thing on recovered life discussions. People bring this up constantly, uh, that, that book and program. Yeah, it's an intense book. I've read it twice. And I have to tell you, just even reading it 
um, you know, made my uh, nervous system alarmed. You know, there was a point where some of the studies, and it, and it has to do with this large study of people where they actually really saw and child abuse or traumatic events should be something that we're talking about in this country all the time. Because although we're going to focus on the the fact that you're three times more likely to become addicted to alcohol. Um, there are so many different things, criminal activities, all kinds of you know pain, divorce that are all attached to that. And it's something that we don't talk a lot about, but you know, as I know, when you're in recovery from a substance abuse disorder, you can't run from this. Eventually you have to stop, look yeah. at it and work with a trauma-informed coach or therapist. Well, this is, you know, the, what was interesting about this article in the Kaiser Permanente study is it, you know, I'm just going to read it right off the screen here. It says that, uh, that the study found that a child who experiences four or more traumatic events is five times more likely than his or her counterpart to suffer from alcohol use disorder. Wow. Right. That's like five times more if a child has had, uh, four or more traumatic events. Right. That is, and if that's right. And bullying, you know, look now, now there's a focus on bullying, you know, bullying, that could be five traumatic events in a week. It could, it could. And, you know, parental neglect, verbal abuse can be prevalent. And I think people think that it's going, you know, I lived through that. I understand. I forgave them. I've moved on. But the physical ramifications of PTSD um, are, are impossible to shrink unless you actively work on it. You know, we've had a show on EMDR, which has been proven scientifically to help, but the alarm that stays in your body makes it very, very difficult to be able to move on with your life. Every, every decision you're making is being trauma informed. Every decision is based on fearing for your safety and it's very subconscious. Um, well, one of, of the, the, one of one of the things I was going to interject real quick when you're talking about the subconscious part of it is that one of the things that I have gathered mm -hmm. from doing the show and talking with experts about trauma and just diving into this thing is not only is there a link between the two, um, but I believe, and I, I'd like your opinion on this, Christina, because this might be a little controversial. Okay. I would think that it's really kind of ignored in most treatment. Yes. It's ignored, but, and, and it's, it's called, and you know, I know we did this, this episode with Stacey Danford and we've talked about EMDR and mm -hmm. EDMR or whatever the, that, you know, we talked about all of these different things that actually address trauma are now more of the breakthrough treatments is that before they were just all kind of lumped into you're a bad person Right. You don't have willpower. Yes. And you have character defects. Right. It usually was dumped into one of those three camps. And none of those are necessarily correct mm -mm. when we look at how trauma plays such a huge role in addiction. It, they absolutely are not. And without... Without addressing the trauma, you're still carrying all that pain and how difficult it is to remain. You know, we may learn that alcohol is a, an improper coping strategy and it doesn't work for us. But if we don't address the trauma, we just apply that to another addiction, another way to distract ourselves. And we talk about that all the time in 12 step group. You know, now I'm a workaholic. Now I'm, you know, now I can't stop buying shoes. And so we trade one one uh, addiction for another, one that's maybe safer for us and that isn't going to take our life as soon, but it doesn't really allow us to feel good in our body and to feel calm and worthy. And that's what trauma steals from us. It steals our joy. Well, this is what we call the treadmill of isms or stacking. Yes. Which is, you know, in coaching and therapy, they talk about stacking. It's like having a root addiction. Maybe that's alcoholism or drug abuse or, you know, sexual addiction. But then you can't get off the phone in inappropriate times or mm -hmm. you're addicted to video games, which we did a, a segment on that. Right. These are this this stacking of addictions on top of each other. Yes. To create this layer of protection. Yes. Really, uh, to, to try to feel safe from that trauma response. And 
I get this. I mean, I look back now, I think, you know, I've made a bold statement a lot. I think trauma is probably the most significant, the, the, the link between trauma and addiction is probably the most significant thing that has happened in recovery, in yes. my opinion, in the last 50 years. Yes, yes. And when we do comparative suffering, we'll say, well, so-and-so went through more than I did and they're not an alcoholic. We are not helping ourselves. We're not helping the other person too. That comparative suffering really steals the ability to grieve what's happened. And it's very, very important for anyone who is in recovery to also look at their trauma and do it with an expert, walk through it so that they can get to that freedom that they're looking from. You know, that treadmill uh, image is exactly what it can feel like. Well, you know, the whole idea of, you know, and I think you said something that was so key there, the whole idea of the amount of substance mm -hmm. being the determining factor of whether you're having an addiction problem is a non-addicted person's perspective yes on addiction it's not a it's it's not an addiction perspective because right. it's never the amount look i mean you know one of the things that's funny is like uh you know friends that i've had are family members that are not alcoholics right, right. they will always ask me they'll go hey you know my friend bob he had four glasses of wine <laughs> right it's and they're obsessed with the amount of alcohol, but right. the amount has nothing to do. It's the reaction you have to the substance that's the issue. It's not it it it's it has nothing to do with with the amount, in my opinion. I mean, yes, I mean, amount obviously with harm reduction, there there are dangerous levels of drugs and alcohol, but it's it's really what happens to you after you consume that substance and everything uh, that goes on with that. Damon, you are so right. And, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, completely transparent. When I first got into recovery, it was about the amount, you know, like, yeah. well, you know, when they're asking me questions, how many drinks do you drink a week? How many, you know, never did I once think maybe this is because I'm in complete terror and I'm trying to make it possible for me to live on this earth. Not until I started getting into recovery did I realize that. Now I have a I have some extreme trauma in my background and I, I think it almost made it a little easier for me to realize I had to address it. But I remember about four years into sobriety and, uh, you know, everything had been cleaned up. My money issues were clean. I was working a great job. I had physical sobriety and I remember feeling like I couldn't breathe in my own life. And I ended up finding a therapist telling her my story, you know, all the steps in the world were not going to allow me to do what I needed to do to address my own trauma. And I needed to work with someone who could explain to me that this was horrific harm that had been done to me and that I needed to feel it. I needed to face it and I needed to understand it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And, you know, and this is the thing that I think people need to really pay attention to that are that are going into recovery and have loved ones in recovery that are going mm -hmm. through the process you know your local church recovery group which might work wonders and be totally valuable right right to, of to course your recovery and really launch you in might not be the place that can be able to see identify and treat trauma and this exactly. is and this is an important thing because you know look and we're coming out Christina and I are not doctors and we're not diagnosing no. anybody's trauma right because that's an individual thing you need if you feel that you're suffering from trauma you need to go see a professional because yes. it is dangerous and you know look we've seen people relapse you know we were talking about this today about people that have done the deal then everything mm -hmm. that they've been asked to do and then wake up one day and say you know what I can't handle anymore and they go out and it seems right. to be out of nowhere. Well, a lot of that is trauma. A lot it of that is. is unresolved trauma that they felt that maybe some program or thing what, what, what was treating, but really it wasn't treated. It just kept it just kept going behind the background. Those scripts just keep running.
They sure do. And, you know, it's that uh, in ACOA, we work on the inner child. And since most of the trauma that we experience happens in childhood, it, the entire idea of that program is to be able to go and take an inventory about your childhood and to be honest about it for the first time, maybe ever. And doing it within the group setting still won't replace what you need to do with the professional. I agree. It is um, it is something to be taken seriously. Yeah, and it's you know it's um, it's it's scary the amount of misinformation that's out there about trauma. Mm -hmm. The more and more I dive into it, the more that link to trauma and addiction becomes more and more prevalent. Yes. And you know, I think we're going to have many more shows about this. We've got experts lined up, doctors, mm -hmm. and people that are going to come in and talk about you know, the medical side of that and the psychiatric side of that and how to move out of that trauma and things that they recommend. So more to come on that on the Recovered Life Show. Uh, amazing episode, Christina. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, great celebrating with you. Uh, we're going to be back Friday for another great episode. But I did want to mention we've got a couple of Recovered Life discussions still going on this week that people can jump into. Yes. Setting healthy boundaries is today, today's uh, re recovered life discussion. It's a wonderful, wonderful discussion. We talk Love about that. relationships and we actually, you know, for some people, it's their first time looking at their codependent behaviors. Um, and then tomorrow we're jumping into Unstuck, which is a discussion that I have at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Nine. Uh, Nine, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. Pacific, all about how to get unstuck in your recovery. So guys, you can find out all of that and more. You can find it at recoveredlife.us. You can become a member 100% totally for free. It's yep. the best game in town. All you have to do is go to recoveredlife.us. It takes less than a minute and you'll be in the community having conversations. Christina Dennis. Episode 100, Wednesday, April 20th, yes. 2022, in the can. We'll see you Friday. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.